Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. This is an emergency edition. The suspension for Deshaun Watson is in. It's six games. This is Doug Maurice. Mary Kay Cabot will be along shortly to give the initial reaction to this breaking news. It's Monday morning as we're recording this. It came out just before 9 o'clock. The Browns do have practice today. So our great Browns uh, beat team is heading out to Berea. So we're kind of catching people on the fly. But we'll plan to have everybody on here that we can and get this initial reaction We may hear from Deshaun Watson later in the day. We certainly will hear from other people associated with the Browns. And as you guys know, this is not the final, final decision. It's still possible that the NFL could appeal this, which would then potentially put the final decision in the hands of Roger Goodell or someone appointed by him. So six games for Deshaun Watson right now. It still could be more. It still could be more. That decision will come later this week, but we're going to get jump right in with Mary Kay Cabot on her drive from her home to Berea. Sound quality, maybe not what you're used to here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, but the information is as great as ever when delivered by Mary Kay Cabot. Let's start talking right now about Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension. Well, my initial reaction was is that it was a little bit lighter than I expected. I really thought that uh, Sue L. Robinson would hand down about half the season. I had heard it was probably going to be in somewhere in the neighborhood of six to eight games, uh, but it was the short end of that. And uh, I do think that this now lends itself uh, to a possible appeal by the NFL. We know the NFLPA is going to let this stand and is, I think, very happy with the six games, not so much for the NFL. Okay, what do you think now goes into the NFL's decision of whether to appeal this or not, which would then send it to either Roger Goodell or one of his designees to make a final ruling? Is it is it just what they think is right? How much do you think PR and public perception plays into this? This is a new process that the NFL has undertaken with this uh, arbiter like Sue L. Robinson. Maybe they don't want to want to blow that up and let it go to Goodell? How, how do you think that the NFL will decide whether to appeal or not? Well, they have a lot of things to consider, and that is if they do come back with something more than the six games, if they decide to appeal, take it to Roger Goodell and issue something more than the six games, then they're going to have a lawsuit on their hands. Now, the NFL generally does pretty well in federal court, so they might not let a lawsuit intimidate them like that. But uh, they, you know, they have to consider what they want to do. They wanted an indefinite suspension 
of at least the year with the chance to apply for reinstatement after the season. This doesn't even come close to that. They were willing to possibly settle for 12 games, but only if there was an $8 million fine attached to that. There's no fine, and it's half of what they were willing to settle for. This seems to me like unless they put their heads together and decide they want this to sort of, you know, end as soon as possible, it seems like it has appeal written all over it. Okay, so you're you think that would be a a, a very possible next step for the NFL? They they have to do that this week. Announce that they are appealing. Is that correct? They have three days in which to file their appeal, and uh, and then the NFLPA would have two days in which to respond to that appeal. But you've seen the NFLPA coming down very, very hard on this situation. Uh, They've been very proactive in saying what they will and won't do. Uh, They've taken a hardline stance in so many ways throughout this process. And I think that, you know, the threat of a lawsuit will be very real. Mira Kay, you've obviously covered this entire process since Deshaun Watson became a Cleveland Brown many months ago. What have you thought now that we're at this point where the initial ruling has been handed down? What's just your view, your view of how this entire thing has played out um, with a lot of people, you know, maybe talking behind the scenes, the length that it took to get here, that this is the initial ruling. Does the process to you seem reasonable, uh, fair, proper? Does it feel clunky and weird and unsatisfactory? What's your view on how we got here? Well, you know, the one of the first things that comes to my mind is the fact that it got very ugly and contentious between the NFLPA and the NFL. It was sort of an unintended consequence. This was the first battle between the two under the revised collective bargaining agreement. And what we now know is that these things are, are going to be dogfights. Uh, I probably shouldn't use that word. These things are going to be uh, just all-in-out battles to, to the finish. They, they tried to settle uh, even in the last few days up until this decision. They tried to come to a, uh, some kind of an agreement, and they couldn't get close. And uh, the NFLPA, once again, uh, has taken some preemptive strikes, including issuing a statement last night Uh, that they were not going to appeal and urging the NFL to do the same, putting the onus then on the NFL. Uh, So, uh, you know, that's one of the first things that comes to my mind is that uh, this thing got onerous. And, uh, and I think, you know, it probably, it's probably going to be that way going forward, but this is, you know, this is what the NFL PA wanted. They did not want Roger Goodell to be the judge, jury and executioner. This is the first case. And now we know how it's going to go. The NFL is not going to get its way on these disciplinary issues without a real fight. So that idea that but that Roger Goodell in an appeal, Roger Goodell could still assume that role of having the final say. And you're saying you believe that there is a threat of a lawsuit uh, on the other side if Goodell would then come, which as the, the process is structured, he has that right to come in over the top and lengthen this six-game suspension. How contentious would that be, Mary Kay, if this initial ruling is appealed by the NFL, overruled by Roger Goodell, a more a, a lengthier suspension is handed down, and they sue? I, I can't even imagine how how difficult and contentious that would be. Well, it's, it's now up to the NFL 
to decide if it wants to put everyone through that process, to put itself, the NFLPA, the Browns, Deshaun Watson, and everyone else through the entire process of, of that uh, appeals process and, and the lawsuit, or if they will just be willing to let it go. The other thing they might want to do is establish that, you know, that they're not going to back down. Yeah. I mean, they argued vehemently for the indefinite suspension of at least a year. That's what they feel that he deserves. And under the old rules, that's what he would have gotten. And in no uncertain terms, he would have missed his second full season of football in 2022 if these uh, new revisions hadn't been put into place in 2020. So now the NFL is, is you know, in the very first time out under these rules uh, is going to have to show what it's, what it's made of. Is it going to, you know, respect the process, so to speak, or is it going to, you know, fight to the death on this thing? Uh, it, it, it's fascinating to watch it play out. And, uh, you know, the ball is right now in the NFL court, and the, the Browns season is hanging in back. Mary Kay, I know uh, this decision has just come down as we speak. You are driving to Browns practice. Have you had a chance yet? Is, is the ruling itself publicly available yet? Have you seen the full documentation of what Sue L. Robinson decided? No, not yet. I'm, I'm in the process. I've, I've gotten snippets of it here and there, but I have not seen the 15-page document yet i'm i'm still trying to get that as you mentioned i'm driving it's not a good day to be driving um you know this is the kind of day where you need a driver or i probably (laughs) should have ubered but (laughs) it's uh yeah i mean like you don't want to be in the car for 25 minutes when when you know you're trying to get out to the browns facility but it's important to be there today obviously because who knows? Deshaun Watson could be one of the players that they let speak at, at 11.15 today. Now, I kind of doubt it because, again, this matter is not resolved yet. So right. he can't really say anything too definitive on this. You know, I, I think they kind of need to wait. I mean, of course, we want to hear from him today. But I think from a Brown standpoint, they will probably wait until uh, an appeal is filed and a final decision is made. One of one of the things that I, I saw somebody report was that one of um, the the pieces of Sue L. Robinson's decision is that he cannot get massages from anyone other than team approved um, massage therapists. It does feel like that there is punishment for past behavior, but I think you want to try to um, you know contain future behavior. That would seem to me to be a reasonable part of this that. Here is your punishment for what you did in the past, but we are setting up guidelines for you cannot do the same thing again, or we are going to really come down on you. What do you think about that potential piece of it that they are trying to say? We're not, if you, if we find out you're using a bunch of outsized massage therapists, that's going to be a huge problem for you. Well, I mean, that's, you know, the, the minimum of what the NFL is probably requiring. I mean, there will be counseling that he has to do. uh, But I think that, you know, that was absolutely something that had to be included in this. They cannot uh, take the risk of anything like this happening again, especially after, you know, what seems like a relatively light suspension. I mean, when you look at uh, some of the suspensions for for other players and things uh, that they have done, this is, you know, this is not a super lengthy suspension, but this is what the NFLPA wanted. 
they wanted it out of Roger's hands. They wanted it in, in the hands of an independent officer, uh, like, or at least a jointly appointed disciplinary officer like Sue L. Robinson, who is a retired federal judge who has a, you know, just a different perspective on, on these sorts of things. So, um, I, you know, I just think that that's kind of the minimum of what the NFL is going to require from him. Mary Kay, what did you make of the fact that, uh, again, at one point there were more than 20 civil suits against Deshaun Watson? He settled most of those several weeks ago. Then uh, late Sunday night, there were four remaining. He settled three of those four. There is only one outstanding civil suit at this point. Uh, what did you make of that? How did that fit into the the piece around Deshaun Watson right now? Well, you know, with only one suit left, I mean, now I'm sure the, the ante increases for that. But if he can get that one settled and if the NFL does not appeal this decision, then by October 23rd, when Deshaun Watson gets back on the football field in Baltimore, this starts to be about football. It starts yeah. to be about the Cleveland Browns, uh, you know, executing their plan of trying to get Super Bowls uh, for this city. And and I actually do believe that, you know, if the NFL doesn't appeal and it is six games and the suits are all settled, that it does start to be not a footnote, but it starts to be parenthetical. And it's not the main thing anymore. And that uh, once he gets out there and starts winning football games and he doesn't have any other incidents, uh, you know, then he can, I think, probably go on to a long and successful career here. Six games from a football standpoint. Does that mean, in your opinion, that for sure the Browns would stick for Jacoby Brissett? There's no need to look at bringing in another outside quarterback. And how competitive can the Browns be, do you believe, in the 2022 season if, in fact, it winds up being a six-game suspension? Well, first of all, uh, you know, the plan up to this point has been to go with Jacoby Brissett for however long Deshaun Watson is out. He's been here. He's been practicing. He knows the system. Uh, and the first four games are pretty easy. I mean, when you first saw those games, you had to wonder, like, was the NFL somehow doing the Browns a favor? Of course, everyone says that was not the case. But they do have the easiest first four games in the NFL, just in terms of winning percentage of the opponents and whatnot. Uh, from if Deshaun gets to come back and play the final 11 games of the season. Now, again, he will have been out of football for about 22 months at that point since the end of the 2020 season. But if he gets to come back and play in those 11 games after Jacoby supposedly holds down the fort through the first six, I think all of their goals are still out in front of them. And, of course, uh, they're trying to win a Super Bowl this year. Mary Kay, during the, the course of this, was there a time that you think the Browns believed it could be a year? Like, I don't this is this is about um, the off field situation and the adjudication of that. But it matters because of the football. Do you, From a football perspective, do you think the Browns are believed relieved by this? Do you think there was a moment when they really thought we might not have this guy for a whole season? How do you think the Browns rode sort of the, the situation as they were waiting for a decision here? I think there was a point in time where everyone on Deshaun's side thought it could be a year. They didn't feel like it was going the way that they wanted it to go. They could sense from uh, the lead investigators 
Lisa Friel and Jennifer Gaffney, uh, that they did not like uh, the way, you know, things were going and their reactions to certain things in the interviews with, with Deshaun. Uh, and I do think that his camp really did think that it could possibly extend to that indefinite suspension for a minimum of a year. I think the Browns are probably so relieved about six games. I think they would have been relieved at eight games. I think that, you know, they felt that if he could get on the field for half the season, that they could still accomplish their goals and this season would not be lost. Mary Kay, you've covered this league for a long time. Ben Roethlisberger, more than a decade ago, had an accusation of sexual assault uh, that led to a six-game suspension for him. Uh, More recently, Ezekiel Elliott had uh, an accusation um, that led to a six-game suspension for him. It feels like that if it's if it's an accusation of sexual misconduct with no criminal charge, six games is where uh, the NFL has landed a lot of times. And then we can look back and see what happened with Ben Roethlisberger's career after that, what happened with Ezekiel Elliott's career after that. It does like it. We all we do move on, Mary Kay, like for good, for bad. We, we move on and we, we wind up talking about football. Um you, you said this, it's not that it's maybe a footnote, but parenthetical. Um, how, how do you think we'll look back on this? Do you think that it will be one, one of those where the football rules the day with Deshaun Watson's career and this is just something that gets mentioned, but it's not maybe in the first sentence of his career? Yeah, I think that's how it will ultimately go. Uh, as long as there, there are no more lawsuits, as yep. long as there are no criminal charges coming and no one seems to believe that's going to be the case. Uh, this, you know, it, it does seem that Tony Busby, even though, uh, who is the attorney for the, the 24 plaintiffs who filed suits, actually there were 25, one was dropped, but uh, Tony Busby uh, had cautioned that he had two more suits coming down the pipe after the 20 were initially uh, settled in June. We didn't hear anything more about those other two lawsuits. So I don't know if they're still out there. I don't know if uh, if they'll have to go find other lawyers because it was part of the agreement uh, with these settlements with Tony Busby. Uh, so, you know, not too sure about those. But as long as Deshaun doesn't have any criminal charges uh, coming down the pike or any more of these lawsuits, then I do think that he can get back to football. And I, th- I do think it will be similar you know, to what happened with the Ben Roethlisberger, where, where people will bring it up at certain times, maybe more so for Deshaun because there were so many accusers, uh, but that, you know, that the football can become the main thing in, in his career. I, I do think that is possible, especially because he's settling these suits. And Mary Kay, you were out there at practice the other day when Deshaun Watson had the opportunity to, to, to practice in front of fans for the first time. You saw the way fans reacted to him. I do think from a fan standpoint, and this has been obviously uh, not as difficult on the fans as it has been on on the women involved uh, in the suits against Deshaun Watson, but for fans trying to figure out they just want to root for their team, I do think maybe just having a decision, maybe you agree with it, maybe you disagree with it, but at least there's something concrete now to sort of base your reaction on. Um, I I almost feel like this this was a step that fans were waiting for because to be in limbo and trying to figure out how you should feel about the Browns and Deshaun Watson. And certainly a lot of people did have conclusions on that. I just feel like maybe th- this is an important step for, for fans to say, okay, I can't control 
what the NFL does, but at least a decision has been made. And now I can start to try to figure out how to root for my team or how to think about this. Like this, this day had to come for fans to get their heads wrapped around this. Well, you know, I would agree to that with to a certain extent, but until we know whether or not the NFL is appealing, I just don't think that anybody can say, okay, I'm going to go make a trip to Baltimore October 23rd, Mm. because I think Deshaun is going to be playing or now I can, you know, buy these tickets or fly to Cleveland or do whatever the case may be, or uh, keep open my plans in January and early February because of what, where the Browns are going to be. I don't think we arrive at that moment until we know what the final resolution is on this discipline. It is the next step. It is not the final step. And that will happen at that point. Mary Kay, I'll let you go um, with with this one. Um, just the the fact that the Browns did this, that this has happened, that the fan base has been through this, that the organization has been through this. Um, is this as we sit here today? Does this feel like um, I don't want to I don't know if I want to say worth it, but when the Browns made the decision to trade for Deshaun Watson, it, this seems like what you're saying. This is the kind of thing they were hoping it would wind up like this, that this is this is doable. This is this is something where they think they can still make the playoffs this year. This is a pretty good outcome from a Browns perspective, it seems like you're saying. Absolutely. They they absolutely think that a six game suspension for Deshaun Watson will be worth it for what is about to come on the football field for them. That is their thinking. You know, I'm not saying that's how I'm feeling about it. I know that's how they feel about it. That is why uh, they took this risk and this chance, because now they feel they are bestowing upon their fan base a football player who is going to deliver the goods for a very long time in Cleveland. And that should, in their view, include multiple Lombardi trophies, and, and they, they do believe, they also vouch for Deshaun's character. Throughout this whole entire process, they have felt that, that he is a good person who is accused of, of these things and, and basically wrongly, wrongfully accused of uh, all of these allegations. They believe in him uh, from a humanity standpoint, that he's not a horrible person and that he is not a sexual predator. That's, that is how they feel. Uh, so they absolutely 100% think in the final analysis, this will be all worth it. I'm actually going to ask one more. Deshaun Watson at the initial news conference, Mary Kay, was very reluctant to get into any specifics because there were ongoing civil suits, because there were things, nothing had been decided really, other than no grand jury charges. Do you believe at some point Deshaun Watson will speak more about this? Maybe once the NFL final, final decision is made, will he... I don't. I, will he speak in more detail or explain? Explain. I don't want to say. I guess explain his side of things. Do you think we will have that moment with Deshaun Watson at some point? I think yes. I think somewhere, somehow, uh, he will tell his side of the story and say a lot of the things that he didn't feel that he could say up until this point. I don't know if those things will happen in the middle of a football season, but I think that that in some shape or form. You know, he will have his say, and he's wanted to do that for a long He was hoping that, you know, if it came down to it, he would be doing that uh, during the civil proceedings. Um, but now that it looks like there probably won't be any any lawsuits, I mean, I, I would think with one more, you know, he will do everything he can uh, to settle that one. I think he will find another way 
to, um, you know, to tell his story. Eric K. Cabot of Cleveland.com. You have a, a very busy day ahead of you. Browns practice. Deshaun Watson may or may not speak, but uh, we, you have been, uh, you've done a great service to our listeners and readers, Mary Kay, with your incredible reporting during this. As always, we're accustomed to it by now, but I know it's not easy, uh, and I know it's uh, time-consuming, but um, you're a boots-on-the-ground kind of journalist, and we appreciate you guiding us through this, and I'm sure we will talk soon, Mary Kay. Thanks a lot, Doug. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. More reaction to the Deshaun Watson suspension. Dan Lobby joining us now out at Browns headquarters in Berea. Dan, as we record this late Monday morning, we do expect to hear from the Browns today, but perhaps interviews push back a little bit. What's the status of that? Yeah, we're still waiting to, to hear from uh, who, who we're going to hear from and uh, when we're going to hear from them. Normally we're out there interviewing guys around 1115 and then Kevin Stefanski at 130. Uh, right before practice, but that's all sort of up in the air. I'd imagine that they want to get us, uh, you know, I don't know if we would hear from the Haslam's today. I don't know if we'll hear from Andrew Barry or Deshaun Watson. Maybe all of this is going to be old news by the time people listen to this. But uh, yeah, we're, we're still kind of waiting to see who we're going to hear from today. And we certainly will come back with another Orange and Brown Talk report as we get more information and talk to more people about this. This is our emergency initial reaction to it. Six games, Dan, what was your initial reaction? I was not surprised. It, it started to feel um, kind of as this thing wore on and, and some of the leaks came out that uh, the NFL getting their indefinite suspension was not going to happen. Um, I, I kind of felt like this maybe could land somewhere in that neighborhood of four to eight games. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was eight. So six kind of, it, it just didn't surprise me. It was sort of like, oh, okay, six games. That That's about in the range I, I kind of expected. I, I, I thought it was even going to be hard to maybe push it up to 10 or 12, uh, kind of based on what we were hearing about what was presented and um, sort of what Sue Robinson was working off of. From a football standpoint, it feels like six games was the range that we sort of had talked about a lot in the offseason, the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It almost felt like Jacoby Brissett is a six-game quarterback. That uh, if, he's, if you're asking Jacoby Brissett to start 12 games, well, does that mean the Browns have to look at something else? If you're asking Jacoby Brissett to start a whole season, boy, oh boy, you might be really taking a year with peak Miles Garrett, peak Nick Chubb, peak Denzel Ward, guys like that, and not throwing it away, but you're making it hard. This, from a football standpoint, how likely is it that the Browns can still have a very good football season if, in fact, the final decision lands on six? I mean, it's absolutely likely. And I, I think it's funny that you say Jacoby Brissett is a, a six-game quarterback because I'm looking at it right now when he started for Indianapolis in 2017. They got off to a five and two start. Uh, one of those ones actually came in a primetime game against Kansas City, and then he he got hurt, and they kind of collapsed. They ended up going seven and nine. They only won two more games the rest of the way. So you probably have it about right. He is probably about a six or seven game quarterback. And the reality is, in the modern NFL, uh, where teams are trying to be smarter and and they think about reps, and uh, you know we see a little more of an NBA approach sometimes. It's not the load management stuff, but 
teams don't panic when they start a season like four and four, or in this, in this case, let's say three and three or whatever it might be. They know it's a long season. They know it's a 17 game season and there's seven teams that make the playoffs now, like an iffy team usually makes the playoffs. We've seen that these first two years with seven teams. And so six games is short of him not getting suspended at all. What has the vibe been, Dan, as camp has started, as Deshaun Watson was out on the practice field with some fans around him in recent days? How do you think waiting for the Deshaun Watson suspension has affected this team at all? And that will lead us into another question. But what's it been like so far, do you think? If, if it's in anyone's mind, we haven't really felt it. Um, and, and even just watching Deshaun Watson on the practice field, um, watching his teammates on the practice field, hearing from Kevin, um, hearing from players talk about it, it just it hasn't felt like it's sort of hung over them. Now, I have to imagine they're human beings just like we are, right? And this decision, as much as, much as it affects us because in our jobs, it affects them 10 times more, at least, right? I mean, this is their season. This is, this is what they do, the difference between – Deshaun and Jacoby Brissett is immense, but they didn't show it. So I'm sure they were thinking about it. I'm sure there have been nerves. I'm sure I, you know, I don't know if last night was a sleepless night for anybody. It might've been, um, but I think they've done a good job of just sort of going about their business and, and doing what they're supposed to do. And some guys have even kind of compared it almost to an injury, right? Like if Deshaun gets hurt in training camp and has to miss six games, I mean, how is how is this any different from a football standpoint? So I, I think they've handled it well and at least put up a good front. And I do think I was looking for sort of comparisons like that. I think Miles Garrett's rookie year, he played eleven games. So remember, he got so, right. Yeah. He got hurt in camp. You know, I meant Miles Garrett again. Yeah, he hurt his ankle. He didn't come back until game four. And then obviously, Miles Garrett had the suspension after the Steelers game that year. I think he. I think it might've been six games he missed with that. Like that, that does seem that's so it's almost six games is sort of like a high ankle sprain or six games is like a, a shoulder thing that doesn't require surgery. Six games in the modern NFL. I think you're right. Dan is, is very doable from a football standpoint. That, that is not just from losing a very good player. It's not a five alarm. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? It's well, that's what backups are for. And you assume this is going to happen. I do just think it is a little different to me of, well, something's going to happen. We don't know if it's going to be six or 10 or 12 or the whole year versus again, there's an appeal process here, but if it lands on six and it's six, do you think that will help the team proceed of when, whenever it's definitive, do you think that will help the team sort of get, things lined up because there's no more uncertainty about it yeah it's it's the knowing right there, there's power in the knowing I, I guess i don't even, i don't know if that's a real saying i feel like i've heard that before um but just having that ability to say okay it's like even for like again i hate to, to compare us directly to them but just for us think about how much easier it is for us to talk about this football team now that we know again pending appeal we know it's going to be six games we know exactly when he's going to come back we know who it's going to be against we know the six games is going to miss it's so much easier just to talk about this football team now so for them as, as players and as coaches and as an organization as they kind of plan things i mean if he had been suspended for a year they have to seriously consider their options at quarterback now they don't it just makes everything so much easier for them it's okay we're going to prepare jacoby to play these six games 
This is how we have to kind of met out our, our reps and training camp. This is sort of how we have to approach this moving forward now. There's no unknowns at this point. Of course, the appeal, I suppose, is an unknown. But even that doesn't feel like Roger Goodell could do more than add maybe two or three games if he even wanted to do that. Ashley Bastock also now joining us from Berea. Ashley, we're getting everybody's initial reaction. What did you think of six games? Yeah, you know, and I wrote about this in my immediate aftermath reaction kind of post. Like for me, this still feels like kind of far from over, right? Like the NFL is maintaining their right to appeal this decision. We know that the NFLPA and Watson released that joint statement yesterday saying they wouldn't appeal any decision that Sue L. Robinson made in regards to a suspension. But for me, it's like the combination of that, the combination of the allegations that he's faced over the last year plus and the magnitude of them, the fact that there was almost, you know, over two dozen women who accused him of the sexual misconduct. I think it's going to be a long time before, you know, maybe not ever that this is fully forgotten in terms of Deshaun Watson's legacy, right? But this was the first step getting that initial suspension so um, I think overall I'm not surprised by the number of games I thought maybe it would land around here based on uh, some of the leaks that were coming out as the hearing you know concluded Um, but it just for me feels like this isn't a a done deal yet like this an element of this is still going to be looming over this team you know for this year and possibly much longer than that. Ashley the the six games in the end, maybe it's what everybody should have been guessing all along. And a lot of people were, because I do think it, it feels like the NFL has gone here before with anything that is sexual misconduct without criminal charges. This is where the league has landed in several other cases. Now, again, the process here is different. That is, there is uh, an agreed upon intermediary it's not the league issuing uh the punishment right off the bat of course the the appeal goes through the league but i do think if you were wondering well the the number of cases right the number of civil suits and the fact that the new york times reported that it was 60 plus different massage outlets that deshaun watson had used that i think was where we didn't know the volume right how does the volume approach it but if this is Six games is sort of the standard for accusations, evidence, no criminal charges. This is how the NFL operates. Is that good? Is that bad? Is that appropriate? Like, what do we think of sort of maybe that's just the world that we live in now when it comes to the NFL and discipline for for things like this? Yeah, I think like this is all so, so complicated. And like, Doug, I know you mentioned the volume there, and I did want to touch on that. I think it's important to remember, like, that New York Times story came quick, right? Like, the number 66 or whatever it was was just so much bigger than I think anyone had anticipated up until that point. But with when you're talking about a former, former federal judge who is an independent disciplinary officer, she is only going to consider the evidence that's presented, right? Like she's not going to consider that New York Times story and the fact that it is 66 women. And from what we know, the NFL presented four women's cases when they were in this three-day hearing in front of her. 
So I, I think in that regard, it isn't surprising. Like, again, when you hear what they presented, when you hear that they didn't present any evidence of violence on the part of Deshaun Watson, um, I think at the end of the day, Sue L. Robinson just considered what was presented to her over the course of those three days and in the post-hearing briefs. It wasn't about all of these other accusations that, yes, could be very, very real. And, you know, I'm sure those women... Uh, the alleged victims have so many feelings about this, but that at the end of the day, that wasn't what the NFL presented in terms of trying to, you know, argue that he should get that indefinite suspension for at least a year. So I think that's just what she considered at the end of the day. And like you said, Doug, that's just kind of the reality of the league now with their standards, with this new um, collectively bargained agreement. Uh, that's that's kind of just the reality of life in the NFL when these accusations rise up. We will get back to Dan in a second, but I want to ask, ask you one more, Ashley. Do you think the Browns can be a playoff team, be a legitimate Super Bowl contender, do what they want to do if six games is the final answer? And again, you are bringing up a good point. You're kind of maybe stressing it more than anyone else has so far that it's not over. But we, we had sort of talked about this at Cleveland.com. How do we react to this? It's what we have now. This is the initial yeah. ruling. Of course, we know there have a couple of days here where the appeal could come down and the appeal could change everything. But let's deal with this as an as a if it's this, how manageable is this for the Browns to have a very good football season? I think it's very manageable. Again, I've been kind of, you know, playing the schedule game with this and I've reiterated more than anyone that those first four games especially feel very easy on their schedule um if this stands he's going to come back before that he'd be able to play for that Ravens game on October 23rd so I do think like that playoff race is still kind of in their control you know I said if he got eight games got like a half season suspension I felt like maybe the Browns would need some things to fall in their favor. They wouldn't be fully in control of their own destiny. But I think looking at the schedule with Jacoby Brissett as the starter, I think this team could easily go three and three. And then after that, you have, you know, your $230 million arm back there for you. So I, I definitely think that all their goals right now um, are still in front of them. And that's why I really like Dan's, you know, reactionary posts that this was kind of the first of many potential uncomfortable wins for the Browns. Like this is definitely the six games is I think in the grand scheme of things, still a win for them. Dan, and before we let you guys get out of here and, and get back inside in Berea and get to practice, um, I, it, it is, I guess it's the way it works, but that the NFL is sort of, adjudicating this you know in a world that the criminal justice system declined to indict him the the civil court system heard these cases and all but one of them has now been settled that is a remedy right and again i think if a lot of people if you are really upset with this you're maybe more primarily upset with the idea that the grand juries in houston did not indict deshaun watson and did not allow sort of a trial to bring out all the evidence and have that argued there is a part of me, Dan, that, yes, the NFL is the employer of these players, but it's it's there, there's something to the idea that like that the NFL is in charge of like the, the NFL has final say here about a thing that really didn't have much to do with football. Although, of course, as we do find out, the Houston Texans may have been involved in helping Deshaun Watson make some of these massage appointments. But I think it feels normal to us now because there's the personal conduct policy and this is how it works. But is there a part of this that that is a little, I don't know, I don't know if, if odd is the right word, but that 
You know, we did the criminal court, we did the civil court, but now we're doing the NFL court that like an NFL court even exists. Yeah. And I, you know, I think part of it is because it's also public, right? Like we all see this happening, you know, in front of our, like, like everybody knows how this works and, and all of that. But I, you know, I think it's important to note here that, you know, this is a former federal judge. She was appointed by the NFL and the NFLPA. And she clearly saw something here in, in all of this that the NFL presented. She, she clearly saw something that was amiss. You know, whatever it was, and, and I, don't, I don't think we've seen a copy of the full ruling or anything like that, but she obviously saw some sort of wrongdoing here. And she's just judging this, not in a legal standpoint, but against the personal conduct policy. That's all that has to happen. And, you know, like in a way, Doug, I, I mean, if you or I, you know, if I go on some Twitter rant that makes Cleveland.com look bad or makes calls into question my ability to do my job, like impartially, right? We would be in our boss's office and there would be some some consequence to that, you know? So, so I mean, this is just sort of, you know, not to boil this down or, you know, I mean, that's an apples or oranges and oranges comparison, but you know, we all face consequences in our workplace for things that aren't illegal or things that don't rise to the level of facing civil, you know, potential civil trials. And there is still that one outstanding case uh, in all of this. So, you know, I think because it's so public, maybe that's different. And because, you know, there there is so much controversy when some of these decisions come out, like with Ray Rice and and all of that. But I think when you kind of step back and look at it and say, you know, look, a former federal judge appointed by the union and the league, you know, looked over this, saw it was worthy of a suspension, saw it, saw it rose to at least the level of violating the personal conduct policy. I think the system sort of worked. Now, whether you agree with the length of suspension or not, that's different. But I think the system itself, at least to this point, worked. Yeah. And actually, we'll, we'll let you guys go with this one. Like that sort of that idea that there are systems in place, Ashley. There are systems in place. There's a criminal court system. There's a civil court system. There's an NFL court system. Our opinions, I think, about what happened with Deshaun Watson are ingrained. And then we apply our thoughts to the results of the courts, right, or the results of the arbiter. But we have these systems. It doesn't mean they're perfect. But I guess what should people maybe try to accept these decisions and – go to the next step because we're doing the best we can. And, you know, Sue L. Robinson, she seems kind of qualified and both sides got to present arguments. And now we have to move on, right? We have to move on because the system gave a decision. I mean, in theory, right? But again, the NFL is still holding open their option to appeal. And I think that's, you know, that statement from the NFLPA and Deshaun Watson that came out last night basically said, like, we want people to believe that this new disciplinary system works and can't be changed based on the whims of the league office, which, again, Roger Goodell or his designee would hear this appeal. And the caveat, I think, to remember is they can only use the evidence that was presented. There can't be new evidence presented. Um, the argument has to be, hey, we presented this evidence. We think this punishment wasn't right. It should be more games or less games, in, in a theory, is how these appeals should work. But again, this is why the NFLPA was so adamant that they thought it should be more like the system that Major League Baseball uses, right? That like the commissioner would get to decide the initial punishment and then the appeal 
would go to an independent disciplinary officer who has the final say. And from what we know, the NFL would not budge on that part of negotiating this CBA, this disciplinary process. Um, so that's why it is what it is. And I do think then like it will become this question of, okay, well, how much did this whole thing really matter if, if the league comes in, swoops in and changes this pretty drastically? So it is interesting because again, this is the first time that we have seen this new disciplinary process uh, in action. This is the first example of it. So um, we don't know, you know, like Dan wrote about the appeal process, this should be, if it goes through, um, if the NFL does decide to appeal, it should wrap up within about a week or two weeks because there are time limitations on it, according to the CBA. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is an interesting question about what that will do to, you know, people's faith in this disciplinary procedure, um, if her ruling is not accepted and if it comes down to Roger Goodell or his designee deciding on an ultimate punishment for Deshaun Watson. And real last question here, Dan, if the NFL here would go to 12 games or go to a full season, there's no way the players association and the next collective bargaining agreement would agree to the system right? Like this would, this is the first example of this, but I feel like it could also blow up the system if we get back to a world where Roger Goodell just kind of does what he thinks and doesn't abide by this, or at least close to it. Yeah. But th- that being said, the CBA, I think is in effect until 2030. I-, I believe it was, it was a 10 year CBA. I think they agreed to it in 2020. And, and the argument is always going to be like, well, you know, you guys did ultimately agree to this. Um, I, I think the, the issue you'd have, though, is if you did raise it significantly. So, I mean, let's, like I said, I, I could see maybe tacking on two games and, and maybe being able to get away with that. Um, but I do think if you were to say, nope, we're going indefinite, it's going to be at least a year. Then you start to get to, is the NFLPA going to sue? And then maybe Deshaun Watson's on the field in week one. So that's the, that's the whole, like, like Ashley keeps saying, that's where it's sort of, it feels over, but maybe it's still a long ways from over if this thing could end up in court somehow. And I think if the NFL decided to just completely torpedo this ruling and say, no, we're going to go a year or we're going to go even, I don't know. I don't know if they would go to court over 12 games or, or something like that, but if, if it's a significant increase, then this thing maybe ends up being far, far from over. Ashley Bastock and Dan Lobby out in Berea. We will be gathering lots of, News, information, quotes from people associated with the Browns today. We'll be back with another Orange and Brown talk probably sooner than later. Make sure you are reading cleveland.com slash Browns for every bit of information about this that you can get. And of course, if you are one of our Browns football insiders, you've been getting text messages about this since the news broke you know, before 9 a.m. this morning. So this is a great reason to be a football insider for now. Thanks to Mary Kay Cabot at the start. Thanks to Ashley and Dan for their insight right now. I'm Doug Maurice, and that was the Orange and Brown Talk podcast.